You're listening to the Do Something More podcast, and this is episode 24 with Stephanie DeKramer and volunteering as a family at their local Humane Society. Welcome to the Do Something More podcast, a service-oriented show where we highlight the helpers who inspire us all to do something more. I'm your host, Melissa Draper. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome here to another episode of the podcast. And today is super fun because I get to interview one of my old college roommates who I loved and looked up to when I lived with her. And I'm excited that she was willing to come on today to talk about some of the service that her family has done with animal shelters in their community. So, but first I want to welcome her to the show. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Why don't you go ahead and just start off by introducing yourself? Yeah. So as Melissa said, I'm Stephanie D. Kramer. I am from Washington State. And I live about 25 miles south of Seattle, so on the western side of the state. I'm married, and I have four kids ranging from 17 to 11, three girls and one boy, the boy being the youngest. I love hiking, reading, kayaking, paddleboarding, um, all sports, and running, although I don't do that as often as I used to. It's probably the same for all of my hobbies because I spend most of my time in the car now with all the kids. I graduated with a degree in exercise science. Um, I worked for a while as an athletic trainer doing sports medicine at the high school. And then since having my youngest son, I have substitute taught so that I could be home a little bit more with the kids. So that's what I do right now. I substitute teach in the schools. That's great. And I can definitely relate to running around in the car, taking the place of some of the hobbies and things that you spent a little more time on doing. That's the awesome phase of life that we get to be in right now. So that's great. Well, Stephanie, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show was you shared with me how you and your kids have volunteered at these animal, this animal shelter in your community for over five years now. Is that what you said? Yes, we started in 2018. Yeah, that's amazing. So I just want to hear a little bit more about that. Tell me how you got started volunteering at the animal shelter, what kind of motivated that decision and and some of the things that you've done with it. Yeah. So in 2018, our oldest child was 12. And at that time, she had a friend who was in Girl Scouts and they had made blankets for the kittens at the local Humane Society. Oh, cute. And at that time, our daughter loved animals. She had attended zoo camps and every year she had applied to be a volunteer at the zoo, but it was really competitive. And so she was never accepted into that program. But when she saw that her friend had made these blankets, she became interested in the Humane Society. So she started having us raise money for the Humane Society. We would do lemonade stands, garage sales. They would take all the toys they didn't want in their um, rooms and they would just go on the street corner and try to sell their toys. And any money that they raised, they brought to the Humane Society. And one of the times when we went in, they noticed that you could actually volunteer at the Humane Society as young as 10, as long as you had a parent with you. And so she was 
12 and our second oldest child was 10 at that time. And our second oldest child loves cats. And so they immediately were interested in volunteering. So we started walking dogs with the oldest and cleaning the cat kennels and feeding the cats with the second oldest. But then our third child also wanted to participate, but she wasn't 10 yet. And so she would actually go in and read books to the cats. We had a program where the little kids could read books to the cats. And so we've just been able to volunteer at the Humane Society in different varieties because they love animals and it's a way for them to participate. I love that. I love how that started with you realizing something that your daughter already loved doing and then letting her learn how to share that as well. I have a fellow, I have a daughter who's a fellow animal lover, so I completely relate to that. What are some of the, have you had any fun experiences or things that you've had while, while volunteering over all these years at your shelter? Yeah, so probably my favorite memory is when we first started volunteering um, a few months after it was around Christmas time and they did a fundraiser where they had people come in and pay to get pictures taken with Santa and their animals. And so we were able to help out with that. My two children were elves and I helped to kind of corral people into their respective rooms to get the pictures taken. And, you know, we got a picture taken of us doing that and I still have that framed in my room. It was just a lot of fun. It was fun to see the people bringing their cats in to get photographed because cats <laughs> don't exactly listen and do what right. you want them to do or to see the dogs in their outfits getting pictures taken. And it was just something fun that raised money for the Humane Society. That's probably my favorite just memory of something kind of unique that we did. But right. we also have experiences. You go to the Humane Society and there are quite a few animals that have been there for a long time sometimes months. And so our children would adopt all of the animals in the Humane Society if they could. But we don't have the room. We're kind of at max capacity, I tell them. so, And I also don't have the patience for that. Also, I think the Humane Society, in fact, I know they do, has a rule on how many animals you can actually adopt. And Mm -hmm. because that becomes a problem because people want to adopt all the animals. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. But we'll go in and we'll see some of the same animals in there week after week. And so sometimes you go in and you notice that they're not there and you find out that they've been adopted. And it's really a joy to know that those animals that you've worked with have gone to a loving home where they can continue to get loved and um, cared for. And so that's also a neat experience just to be with those animals and then to see them go from being at the Humane Society to being adopted into a loving family. Yeah, to find their forever home. Yeah. That's great. And I love that first experience you shared. I think people who love their pets really share a lot of similar things together and those passions. So to see them all come together to get a photo of Santa, I think does sound like it would be a lot of fun to experience. Yeah, Yeah, it really was. So I, the other question I have too, I think as a mother that you've been doing this for so long with your kids, how have you been able to keep that an ongoing thing in your family? Have you ever had to kind of be the motivating factor behind it or or have your kids always been self-motivated with it or, or how have you been able to keep this something that you have regularly done for so long? Yeah, it's definitely my children that are the driving factor. I don't know that we would have done it as long as we have without our children and their desire to go every week. 
Scheduling mm-hmm. is difficult. I mean, we have four active, busy children. They have music lessons and sporting events and school events. But we have a time that we go every week. So we have it scheduled in to go. And sometimes things come up and we have to take that day off. And there's always openings later on if we can do a a different day. But we just try to always say, hey, Monday at this time, this is when we go to the Humane Society. And that helps a lot with having it on the schedule. Right. Yeah, I could see being a busy family with four active kids to just set that regular time to say, this is when we devote time to this. Yeah. That's great. Well, what and what is your biggest why you think? I know you've kind of shared that a little bit already, but what is the biggest why for you and for your kids to make the effort to put that on the calendar and to to keep it part of your family? Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest why at this point is seeing the joy in my kids' faces when they're there helping the animals. We have lots of funny stories that we can share, experiences that we can share about the time that we've been at the Humane Society. And we can relate that to our everyday life. I mean, we have animals at home that we care for, and we can see how we treat them makes a difference. And it also helps them with just their interactions with other people and their confidence as they are able to do these things. Yeah, that's great. Have you ever run into any challenges uh, while you're there volunteering? Well, there's definitely challenges. The mm-hmm. you know, as we talked about, scheduling is the most difficult challenge. Um, and also, when the pandemic was going on, they the Humane Society was closed to volunteers. And so that was difficult because we wanted to go, but we couldn't go. And there wasn't really anything we could do about that. But probably the challenge that's more of a challenge to me than my kids is that some of the dogs that we walk are really strong. And mm. my daughter even though she's 17 now, so she can walk dogs by herself. She's not comfortable walking the big dogs. She'll only walk the little dogs. And so it's mostly just us walking together and talking and having those conversations and spending time together. So there are times like I had shoulder surgery and I couldn't walk any big, strong polars for a while. Mm -hmm. And there was also a time where there was a German shepherd that was a little too excited about another dog on the trail that Mm -hmm. he went down a hill to get out of his collar. He actually did escape his collar and his two leashes. And so I got kind of pulled into some blackberry bushes and it, in the end, it was fine. He just wanted to be friendly. He didn't escape or anything like that, but it is a challenge to know that there are some dogs that are unpredictable. And so you have to be aware of that. But I will say that the employees there are all super friendly. They're there to help and they never expect you to do anything that you're not comfortable with. So when I did have shoulder surgery, I just let them know, hey, I can't walk strong polars right now. And they said, that's fine. We have these dogs that you can walk and somebody else will get the other ones. And after the German Shepherd, it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, we kind of laughed about it. Um, But if I didn't feel comfortable with a dog that I thought might be a strong polar, then they would just have me walk other dogs. Right. Yeah, that is something to bring up for anyone that's interested in volunteering um, with animals in that way is it can be very much a physically demanding job, not just walking, but I'm sure with cleaning kennels and those types of things, you need to be prepared for some of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think a lot of places closed like that in 2020. As you shared that, I wondered, I remember with my littlest when we finally could go back to play at a park 
I still remember that day that he was so excited the day we got to return to the parks after everything was shut down. Did your family feel like that a little bit after everything was shut down the day you got to go and return to volunteer at the shelter again? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it was kind of interesting because it hadn't been, you know, it'd been probably over a year since we were allowed back in the shelter. So they had us do a refresher course and we were just like, can we just go to work? Like, can we just do what we had been doing before? But um, once we went and were able to walk the dogs and clean the cat kennels, it was just like we were back where we had started and, you know, had all those same feelings of joy and everything that were associated with it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So any other great experiences or funny stories that you want to share that have come from being able to volunteer together as a family? Yeah, I mean, there there are always animals that are goofy. My husband doesn't go with us. It's just me that takes the children. But he always asks, okay, which animal was, you know, the crazy one today? And there's always one animal that's whether it's a cat that just is running circles around you or, you know, there are dogs that you'll take out and play fetch with for like 30 minutes. And then you have to force them to go inside, but they like won't walk. get inside because they're so worn out and they're just looking at you like why did you make me do this when you know they loved it the whole time there's always just every day that we go in there's something funny that happens that just makes us smile and you know laugh about situations I guess yeah animals do they have so much fun personality I do not own any dogs myself but we do have a cat and can definitely say that. And I'm sure your family owns animals as well. I know you do. Yeah. What? A little too many, but that's okay. It's good for yeah. us. What what do you what do you own? What do you guys have? So we do currently we have one dog, three cats, although one's kind of an outdoor cat that we adopted. So he spends most of his time outdoors. So we kind of say we have two and a half cats, two birds, and fish. That's what we have currently. That's great. I had to ask that question because I know if there are any animal lovers listening to this show, they'll just be curious to know what animals you have as well. So, well, I would love to hear any advice or encouragement that you would give to someone who has thought about wanting to be involved with their own humane society or animal shelter or are involved in those kinds of things in their community. Do you have any advice? Yeah, I would just say, um, don't be afraid. There are so many opportunities with the Humane Society. Some of them have a little bit more time commitment, like fostering animals, but you can do things like we've done, walking dogs, feeding the cats, cleaning their kennels, you know, reading books to the cats if your Humane Society has that program. But there are also ones that are less time commitment. They have people just come in and do the laundry. So if you don't want to really interact with the animals, but you want to help out, you can do the laundry. They have people filling enrichment toys like Kong toys for the dogs with peanut butter and treats. Um, Our Humane Society has a thrift store that people could volunteer at. They also have an Amazon wish list that people could just buy things off of and have it sent straight to the Humane Society a Facebook page with adoptable pets that people can share those posts. That's huge in helping people to know even just what pets are available. Doing things like we did at the beginning, making blankets, having a lemonade stand, right? Raising money. There's lots of opportunities. So it doesn't have to be as time intensive and it doesn't have to be as demanding, but there are a whole bunch of things that are available. So if you 
want to do it, just go down and talk to your, your Humane Society and they will have a need that will fit your schedule and your interest. Yeah, I love that you bring that up because most organizations just want anything that you're willing to give and are pretty flexible on their opportunities, either with time or even with money, if you want to give in that way. So, and I love the reading books to cats. What does that look like exactly? I'm just curious. Yeah, well, they would have specific cats that you could go into their rooms and then you would just bring a book. So the children, our son, I think, did it once when he was like six or eight. As long as the kid can read, they can bring a book in. And they just sit in a chair and the cat's in the room and they just read the book to the cat. So I love that. That's great. And I love also this idea that those tender thoughts and feelings, we talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, acting on the feelings that you have to reach out and to help individuals. Um, But I love how this episode is saying that also includes our four-legged friends and our animal friends as well, that you can act on those tender feelings you have to serve them as well and that you've kind of taught that to your children. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think they've probably taught me more than I've taught them, but it's been a good experience for all of us. Yeah. Well, I would also love to hear, we did touch on this a little bit, but any other advice that you would have for a parent or a mother or father that wants to be able to volunteer in a long-term way or to encourage their their children's desires to serve um, like you've been able to do with your family? Any advice that you have for them? Yeah, I think that serving long-term really is most beneficial when it's something that you care for. And our children all express interest in things that they like to do or causes that they care about. And so if you can figure out what those interests are and find service opportunities within those interests, it's going to last longer. And I mean, this kind of translates, my kids love animals. So it translates into pet sitting for people or doing other things. But, and I'm lucky that my children all really love animals, but those interests might be a little different depending Mm -hmm. on your children. But I do think that if it is an interest that they have, then they're going to be more likely to, you know, follow through and do that with you regularly. Yeah, I love that. It's just being acting on something that they naturally care about. Well, I have loved learning more about this, Stephanie, and the experiences um, that your family has had and the encouragement for others that might want to volunteer at their local Humane Society. Any other thoughts or advice you want to share as we close the show? Maybe one thing. There are, during the pandemic when it was shut down, you could tell that those that were employees of the Humane Society had a really hard time keeping up with everything. The Humane Society is interesting because it's volunteers that really make a difference. Because if you don't have people fostering the animals, then they don't have enough room at the Humane Society for all the animals and they have to get turned away or, you know, go somewhere else. If you don't have people doing the laundry or walking the dogs or cleaning their kennels, then it's the the workers that are there, the vets and the animal care technicians and the front desk that have to go do those things. And they can't do that and their regular duties. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know, I guess that it's just 
holistic where everybody is making a difference and everybody is needed. And so it's beneficial for everyone as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point to end on because as you said, it's unique at the humane society that there's no way those that are there can physically do it all. And so if you really want to make a difference as a volunteer, you physically show up and you will make a difference. You'll you'll be helping them take care of more animals and do the things that they need to do. Yes, definitely. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. This has been a fun conversation and I know it will be encouraging to many others as well. So thanks so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. That's the end of my interview with Stephanie DeKramer. And I loved hearing about all of those experiences that she's had volunteering with her family, with her children at her local humane society. So many great things that she shared there. One of the things I loved was all the many different ways that you can volunteer at your local animal shelter. Even ways that I never would have thought of myself, like reading to cats. I don't think I'd ever heard of that. And I loved that. I loved hearing about it. But she shared so many different ways that are flexible and can work for a variety of people, either in donating time or giving donations or money or other resources. There's so many different ways that you can be involved if that's something that you've thought about or has mattered to you. So I thought that was great advice she gave. I also love the advice she gave for anyone wanting to volunteer long-term and especially as a family. How she shared that to find what your children love, what they're interested in, might want to give time to and then to make a commitment together as a family to serve in that way and schedule a regular time to do it each week. I think that's tried and true advice that she's given, seeing that her family has been doing this for over five years. That's pretty amazing. And I just think that those are principles you could take to volunteer in many different capacities if that's something that you've wanted to start in your family or that sounds important to you. And also there are humane societies all over the U.S. and many different places, animal shelters, that you can give your time to. So I'll give some links in the show notes to the Humane Society and you can look into that if that's something that you've thought about and wanted to be involved in. So thank you so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this episode and you know, especially some fellow animal lovers that might enjoy listening to this episode or others that have wanted to be involved with their humane society, please share the show with them and let them hear about some of the good things that others like Stephanie are doing. So thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next time.